Welcome to Scoop with Steve Football. Hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Scoop with Steve Football. This is going to be the uh, latest episode in my uh, team preview series for the 2021 season. I'll be getting into the Atlanta Falcons, uh, first team in the uh, NFC South that I've hit in this series so far. So uh, coming at you from... Uh, the trailhead out in uh, Dillon, Colorado, got a n- nice little run in this morning. Uh, attached a picture here for everybody uh, watching on YouTube of the the sunrise this morning. So a uh, pr- pretty good spot to be. So I don't think I'm giving away any big secrets here. Uh, right on Dillon Dam Road here. So pretty heavily trafficked area, but beautiful nonetheless. So anyways, I'll, I'll get into the Atlanta Falcons breakdown here. And uh, for those of you who haven't watched some of my recent videos, I'm going to be throwing up my uh, current depth chart for the Atlanta Falcons as I'm going through this. So the grades I've got on this step chart, you've got your blue players who are elite, uh, best of the best, obviously, uh, plus players who, you know, these are st- standout guys still, you know, some of the better players in the league. Uh, dark green is, you know, solid players, uh, light green, adequate gray you're getting into backups there uh black players those are those are victims don't typically have a lot of those on rosters uh during the offseason those are guys who are just kind of getting whipped for periods during the season and then uh the orange uh, tag indicates that the players are rookie and i haven't seen this guy on uh nfl film yet so haven't assigned a grade to them so you know th- this grading is very fluid it changes throughout the season right now um i'm in kind of a mode where i'm trying to get my uh, projected grades for the season i guess you could say based on the last few years so hopping into the Atlanta Falcons, uh, you know, we'll just uh, k- kick things off with the offense. And I guess really any discussion of the Falcons has to start with the uh, with the coaching change from Dan Quinn, who had, you know, pr- pretty darn good run there in Atlanta, getting them to the Super Bowl at one point and uh, nearly winning it against the New England Patriots that year. But things have uh, really... Uh, unraveled for them since since that Super Bowl run and uh, now we're going to see Arthur Smith come in a former offensive coordinator with the Tennessee Titans who has uh, been in that role for uh, for two years uh, before that he was the tight ends coach with the Titans and uh, you know you can get into his whole history if you'd like to and he's going to be bringing back Dean Pease out of retirement to, to be his defensive coordinator it's interesting to me because this is the second time that Dean Pease has done this he uh, joined Mike Vrabel's staff in Tennessee when Vrabel was coming over as a first-time head coach after and uh, became Vrabel's defensive coordinator and then uh, uh, that was after Pease had had a successful stint with the with the Baltimore Ravens and then retired and then he retired from the Titans and uh, after a year out of the game he'll he'll be joining Arthur Smith in Atlanta to help him get his program up and running so it's going to be really interesting to see how this all works out I uh, had a very high uh, have a very high opinion of Dean Pease and his work and and also what Arthur Smith has done over the past two years in in Atlanta I think that he's done a really nice job of tailoring uh, the offense to the players that he had available to them to him um, really uh, really worked to the different strengths of, you know, not only, you know, his, you know, elite back in Derrick Henry that he had in Tennessee, but also just all the tight ends that he had at his disposal over the past couple of years, finding different roles, different ways for those guys to contribute, um, ways to incorporate, you know, some, some deep ball receivers at times. Um, you know, Khalif Raymond comes to mind a couple of years ago, catching a couple of deep balls. And of course, all complimenting what uh, they were able to do with AJ Brown and Corey Davis. But, you know, don't want to talk too much about Tennessee. Just want to mention, you know, high opinion of Arthur Smith coming in here to take over this offense. And I think we saw, you know, that that's the one big change with the, with the offense here. And the other is that uh, we, 
Julio Jones, uh, who has long been a blue player on this depth chart, is uh, is no longer there. Traded to the aforementioned Tennessee Titans. Uh, one of those, you know, ironic little twists. And uh, the Falcons have uh, replaced him with Kyle Pitts, who, you know, turn the guy's highlight reel on. It's not going to take you long. You don't need a background in scouting to figure out that this dude is pretty special. I mean, he's just so long and... and um incredibly fast, very smooth runner as well, accelerates well, changes directions well. He shows great ability to be an acrobat at the catch point and, you know, make twisting catches. You know, I think that A.J. Green's maybe the gold standard uh, for that that I've seen, at least A.J. in his prime. Um, And, you know, Pitts shows some of those traits and being able to adjust the ball. So he's got everything you could hope for. Very high expectations for him entering his first year in the NFL. Um. So we'll have we'll have a change in looks there, but you know there's a interesting philosophical debate on on what their decision to keep Matt Ryan, um, and then I'll get into the the Falcons' offense this year. And you know I think that there was a, a strong consensus out there that the Falcons either should have kept Julio in the fold and really been going for it if they were going to keep Matt Ryan. Um, and trying to get the turnaround done extremely quickly or flip it over and uh, replace Matt Ryan uh, with Justin by drafting either Justin Fields or Mac Jones with that fourth overall pick. Um, and, you know, if not replacing Matt Ryan this year, then be having a plan in place to get him out of the building within the next year. And I think that you can, you know, debate both sides of this. Obviously, there, there's the rookie wage scale side of this, and, and the most you can save on a player is, is at the quarterback position, which is going to be the most highly compensated position. But then again, if Kyle Pitts is as good a player as everybody is saying that he is, if he's a blue chip, uh, you know, receiving target, then they've got five years of that player on a very cap-friendly contract, whereas he would be paid in the 15 to 20 million dollar range so it's not saving the 30 to, from the 30 to 35 million dollar contract that you'd sign a quarterback to but you are talking about significant savings on Kyle Pitts and if you feel like Matt Ryan is a guy that has five years left in the tank which is not out of the question with the way we're seeing guys like Tom Brady play to a you know a very the you know his mid 40s here um you know obviously that's the the exception not the rule but we're seeing guys play longer and longer i matt ryan hasn't shown drop much drop off at all physically to me uh if any drop off uh, for that matter so i i can understand wanting to stick with a guy who has a league mvp under his belt who has been to a super bowl who you know plays the game from the pocket at an exceptionally high level and thinking that you can uh build with this guy for the next three to four years and win if you're arthur smith so the, how the offense looks this year i mean we'll start with uh with the receiving group um for, for those of you watching on YouTube, I've got the depth chart. If, if you're not watching uh, at receiver, I've got Calvin Ridley as a blue player. I believe he's ascended to be an elite player in this league. He is one of the best route runners in the league. Exceptional change of direction skills. Uh, very good getting in and out of his breaks as well as setting up defenders before he gets in and out of his breaks. Uh, he's just if you want to see what good route running is, you can go check out Calvin Ridley. He's been extremely productive throughout his career with the Falcons here. Um, and I expect him to just continue to, to gobble up catches with, with Julio out of the fold and, and Ridley really taking over as the lead receiver here. Behind him, I've got, um, you know, re- really just kind of a number of unknowns. Um, Russell Gage is a guy who I have him as a light green player right now or an adequate player. He's definitely kind of balanced between a dark green and a light green player for me. I don't think he's ever going to really be a standout player in an offense, but he, you know, did have some very good games last year. He works well out of the slot. He's a shifty receiver who can kind of work those short areas. Uh, I think that he's a nice player to have in the offense. Olamide uh, Zacchaeus is a guy who, you know, 
he's made some big plays in this league. He's just had very limited opportunities. That's why he's got the light green on him. Uh, behind them, you know, Christian Blake, uh, you know, he's shown some ability to be a short area receiver at times. I think uh, when I think of Christian Blake, I think, you know, some change of direction routes like pivots, stuff like that. But he hasn't, you know, shown he's going to be a big part of an offense. To Jay Sharp, you know, it's been years really since he was a factor in an offense. They draft Frank Darby in the sixth round. We'll see what he has. And then, Really, you know, you count Kyle Pitts as a receiver. You're, you know, anticipating that he'll be a purple player going into this year, giving them two, you know, well above average targets in Pitts and Ridley. Um, I've got Hayden Hurts as a, as a dark green player. I, I don't, I think that with Arthur Smith coming in, and this is where it gets interesting looking at his offensive background, right, is um, Smith used the tight end so well in Tennessee. He used to coach the position, and he really did a nice job of tailoring roles to the specific skill sets that guys had. He's got Kyle Pitts, he's got Hayden Hurts, he's got Lee Smith, who I look at it, is just an adequate player, but Lee Smith does have a role. You know, Pitts is this, you know, incredible weapon at the tight end position. He's going to flex out, run receiver routes. You expect him to be used in a Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller fashion. Uh, he might be able to get in, do a little more blocking than those guys, but he's not a huge uh, guy physically. If you look at him, he's not, you know, super filled out. He's, he's got a little bit more of a narrow frame, at least for the tight end position. So I wouldn't expect him to be used in that role a ton. I do expect Hayden Hurst to continue to be productive. Uh, you know, Hurst has good athletic traits. He's a little bit of a, a bigger body than Pitts in terms of his frame size. Um, I think that, you know, Hurst, he, he hasn't lived up to the first round billing, but he is a good receiving threat at the tight end position. And I'd expect Atlanta to run more 12 personnel with Smith taking over um, and, you know, limited resources at the receiver position. I also think that, you know, Smith's, you know, ability to use many different personnel packages one might have been one factor in being willing to move on from Julio, although there were a lot of extenuating circumstances there with the salary and his age and everything like that. But, you know, I'd expect Hurst to have a role. I expect Lee Smith to, to fit into the offense in some way. Uh, Keith Smith, you know, is hasn't, you know, distinguished himself to me very much at fullback, but, you know, we'll, we'll see in in a different role with, with Arthur Smith if he stands out a little more. I think at the skill positions where you really have questions here is at running back, where, you know, Mike Davis had so, so a nice stretch, uh, you know, shortly after he'd taken over for Christian McCaffrey in Carolina last year. He did not sustain that level of play throughout the year. Runs with a very physical style that is, you know, going to be taxing on the body to have that much contact as a runner. He is a powerful runner with some with some good burst to him. Um, he's never carried the low as a starter before, so I think it's uh, you know questionable given the way he bounced around earlier in his career whether or not he's going to fill that role in, in Atlanta. We'll see what happens with Cordero Patterson. He's a guy who you know I have him as a light green player on this step chart. Um, you know, oh for people on the podcast, I've got Mike Davis as a dark green player, so you know so solid running back. Uh, Patterson is a guy who's been between light green and, and dark green, and it really has less to do with him and more to do with whoever is coordinating the offense he's working with. We've seen him do great things with the New England Patriots, who have a history of, you know, using a running back like LeGarrette Blunt, who had a very specialized role, or, you know, I could go on and on with, with the different players that the Patriots have really maximized their specific skill set. And Arthur Smith, as I've mentioned, is really good at doing that. So I think that he'll find a good role for Patterson in this offense. I don't think you want to look at him as the backup running back. Uh, although I have him there on the depth chart, I could, you know, slide him over to the right side as more of a flex player. Um, I've got him there right now just because of, you don't know about the guys behind him, but I think it's more likely that what we'll end up seeing is, you know, I, I don't think Quadri Olison has really shown the burst as a runner to think that you're really going to want him to take a lot of carries in an offense. Um, so you guys, the undrafted free agents that they've brought in and JV on Hawkins and Caleb Huntley, I think that those guys in terms of having a great opportunity as an undrafted player and an offense that has a quarterback, we'll, we'll see what happens with those two. But, uh, uh 
I think that you are going to see uh, a lot of competition for those backup carries at running back. And I think that those will be ample with Mike Davis's lack of a track record. You know, those guys are going to be running behind an offensive line that's turning over a little bit here. Um, and it's going to be a little bit different line than, than what Arthur Smith worked with down, down in Tennessee. So, you know, Alex Mack moved on in free agency. He, he went out to rejoin uh, old Falcons offensive coordinator Kyle Shanahan with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, so we'll see, uh, you know, this line still has a lot of talent, though. Uh, Jake Matthews, Chris Lindstrom, and Caleb McGarry, all former first-round picks. Uh, Jake Matthews, to me, is a really solid left tackle. I've got him as a purple player, plus player. You know, he's he's not, uh, to me, a physically dominant um offensive tackle um and that shows up in the run game a little bit we'll, we'll see with uh with arthur smith running kind of an offshoot of a shanahan style i think that bodes well for matthews because he's got great feet very good athleticism can get to the right spots as a blocker but he's not you know he doesn't really profile as a guy who's gonna gonna maul you or be able to you know just overpower you as a pass protector he's you know guy really good footwork more of a finesse game uh, as an offensive tackle in, in my opinion so you know i think matthew's a very good player chris lindstrom's a guy i i have him and mcgarry both as dark green players right now but lindstrom's a guy who i see as being on the verge of stepping up into that purple zone being a plus player you know he he missed most of the rookie season with the broken foot um did you know, came back for the last few games, was not particularly impressive in, in my opinion, those last few games, obviously coming off an injury. Much better last year. I thought he was very solid, but he, he wasn't quite, you know, the mauling type of, of offensive lineman you might have expected when he was drafted as high as he was a couple of years ago, uh, I believe with the 13th overall pick back in the 2019 draft. Or, or the... Yeah, yeah, 2019 draft. And, and McGarry was taken later in that first round in 2019. You know, he's been solid at tackle. He, I think he's, you see the athleticism, you see the length. Um, you know, he just hasn't been particularly consistent, um, in either as a, a run protector, a run walker, or a pass protector, in my opinion. So I've, I've got him as a dark green guy who's more likely to stay dark green. Uh, Matt Hennessy's a guy who got a lot of talk coming out of Temple last year. He's going into his second year. They, they had talked about him maybe being the left guard next to Alex Mack last year, and that, plan never really came to fruition. I don't think Hennessy really sees the job. Uh, he goes into the season with a backup grade, so we'll, we'll see. Um, he's a guy who could rise very quickly now that he's going to be on the field and, and presumably getting snaps. Uh, drafted Jalen Mayfield in the third round, so, uh, you know, with, with the way this uh, line profiles, I think he's going to get the first crack at that guard spot. Drew Dahlman drafted in the fourth round, maybe the backup center, but you'll see some competition there. Matt Gano's a guy um, at tackle who has stepped in uh, quite a bit because McGarry's been injured a, a good bit over the first two seasons of his career and Gano's a guy who you know you can get you can get by with him out there I think that you know if worse comes to worse you and you have to shift some guys around maybe he kicks into left guard if they need a veteran but um yeah you know this is a line that an offense in general that you know as you can see I've got you know Matt Ryan is a plus player Jake Matthews is a plus player Calvin Ridley is an elite player uh you know Kyle Pitts and Chris Lindstrom to me are, are the big X factors in terms of where this offense is going to go and uh, seeing how Jalen Mayfield at guard and Matt Hennessy at center adapt to the NFL. I don't think this is, you know, a, an offense that profiles is, you know, going to have Matt Ryan putting together another MVP season, but you know, they've continued to put up points these past couple of years and Ryan's going to be a good quarterback. It's going to be well schemed. So uh, I think that you can expect that, you know, even though the Falcons are in a bit of a transition year, they, they couldn't add a ton of talent because of their salary cap constraints. And, um, 
But in any case, I think that you're still going to see an effective offense in Atlanta. So seeing how well they do in this in this NFC South division is going to really depend on uh, what Dean Pease is able to do with this defense. And, you know, the back end of the defense, I um, th- think that they could be good at corner. I, th- I thought that, um, you know, I had A.J. Terrell as more of a light green player last year. I thought he was a fairly inconsistent, but he did show flashes. You like his length, um, all those things. I thought Isaiah Oliver and Kendall Sheffield at, at the other corner spots with Oliver kicking in to play quite a bit of slot last year were actually pretty effective uh where i really have concerns with this defense is what they have up front you know grady jarrett is an absolute stud um on the defensive line he just has been consistently dominant for the past few years and they have a really nice inside linebacker tandem i think that foisted uh oyokan has um i mean really really come along i believe he's maybe a guy out of yale i gotta have to check that out to, to be sure, but he's really progressed over his career. I thought he was, you know, honestly, probably as good as Deion Jones last year. I mean, he's got very good range. He's a sure tackler. He, you know, can play both the run and the pass. You really don't need to take him off the field. Um, I think that they've got a really good player with him. And then Deion Jones is just a supreme athlete at the position. Um, you know, it, it would be great to see him play in, in a front that had a little more structure just so that you might be able to, you know, see him maximize his abilities. I think it gets a little, you know, he's been playing behind it not a great defensive line for several years now, which is not the easiest situation to be in as a backer. But, you know, Jones is, has a great athletic traits. He's uh, aggressive. He's instinctive, you know, just a really good player. But around them, you just really question what you have. Dante Fowler, I thought, very disappointing year last year. You know, he, he had a good year with the Rams before that, but he's been so up and down. And when, when, down, when Fowler's rolling, you see a guy who is very explosive as a pass rusher, you know, just has a lot of jump off the ball. Just his athleticism kind of will jump off the screen, but he, he really runs hot and cold. And, and last year, you just did not see a guy who was consistently impacting the, the game as a pass rusher. Um, you know, I had him as a, a purple player going into last season. I've got him as a dark green player going into this season. Um, and it just, you know, they, they really need with, with the cap number, he's going to be eating up that it would be huge for this defense. If he's able to take a step forward besides him, you kind of look around. I think that Jacob Tuyoti Mariner is a guy who flashed at times as kind of an interior penetrator. Um, he has, he's got some good quickness, good, uh, shiftiness on the inside as a rusher. He's a guy I've got as a light green guy right now. He's, you know, in a role, um, he's, you know, a complimentary pass rusher who can kind of rotate through. Uh, I could definitely see him progressing to a dark green level. Uh, nose tackle, Tyler Davison, Deidre Sanat, I've got his backups right now. Those guys have kind of always, you know, been somewhere between the light green tag and the backup tag. You know, they're not parts of particularly imposing fronts. Um, Marlon Davidson, you know, is a guy that came out of Auburn last year, second round pick. They were hoping that he might be able to, you know, kind of be a base down end who could add some pass rush on, on the interior. Did not get, in my opinion, a whole lot out of him last year. And, you know, we'll, we'll see beyond that. Steven Means has some really good traits. Um, he actually looks physically a little bit like Dante Fowler, I would say. But, um, you know, Means was... Um, had some some good production last year. I could see him becoming a dark green player. Brandon Copeland's a guy who, you know, a few years ago when he was playing for the Jets, I thought he had some some nice stretches, some nice flashes, but, you know, did not really distinguish himself with the New England Patriots in his one year with the organization last year. I don't expect him to have a huge role. Um, it's hard to see this front really being strong with, with what they've got along the defensive line, but we'll, we'll see what Pease can do working with them. Uh, you know, the last position I haven't got into is, is the safety position, and that's where uh, they, they use their highest draft pick on defense on um, safety, Richie Grant. Um, used the eighth eighth pick of the second round on Grant. So I think it's going to be very important that he um, is able to, to make something happen quickly here. Um, 
you know, Eric Harris, Deron Harmon are both guys I have uh, light green tags on as adequate players. Um, Harmon was definitely more effective when he was playing with the Patriots as part of a three safety system with, uh, with Devin McCourty and Patrick Chung. Uh, he profiles as a little bit more of a strong safety um, or, you know, a half field safety more than a free safety. Um, the same could be said of Eric Harris, who's been playing for the Las Vegas Raiders the past few years. I really think that Harris honestly had been their best player in the back end for, for Las Vegas, at least at the safety position. Um, over the past couple of years, I know they've drafted, you know, guys like Jonathan Abram and, you know, Carl Joseph before him high, but haven't gotten a lot out of them. Harris is a, a consistent player, a good tackler. Um, you know, he's a guy who led offseason workouts for the Raiders, stuff like that. So I think he's a guy you can count on to get the rest of the defense in the right position. I don't see him as like, you know, a big playmaker at the position. Uh, but, you know, as, as as a safety who's going to do a, a solid job and keep the defense in place, I think he, he can definitely have a role here. Um, you know, again, I I just don't think that this Falcons team really has the talent to compete at the highest levels right now. I think that they, you know, had a number of um, personnel moves that went south um, in the time after the Super Bowl, uh, which was part of the reason for things unraveling a little bit and them kind of dropping back from a team that was, you know, contending to win everything to a team that's really been kind of in the seven and nine mold, uh, always seems to be chasing uh, the leads that their defensive has given up. And, you know, Ryan, Matt Ryan continues to rack up big passing yards, but it just hasn't been, uh, you know, a, a competitive team over the past couple couple of years now of course they had some just brutal losses early last season i mean the dallas cowboys game comes to mind i believe they, they had another one where i think they had you know super high win expectancy and, and kind of unravel a little bit so there there is talent here you know you've got a quarterback and whenever you've got a quarterback in place there's always the possibility that a team can have a few players surprise and and, and end up competing out of nowhere in the nfl the margin between these teams is pretty tight this is going to be a well-coached team under under uh arthur smith and dean pease and, you know, they've got they've got a quarterback who can win at the helm. So I'm really interested to, you know, I'm interested to see how every team's uh, going to do. I think that if you've watched enough of these videos, I say I'm really interested in every team. So, you know, um, getting to be a little bit of a cliche, but, you know, it's what it is. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of moving parts here. I'm excited to see what the Arthur Smith's offense looks like with Matt Ryan, with with Mike Davis. You know, it's, it's not going to be what it was with Derrick Henry, right? You know, I Arthur Smith recently made an appearance on the uh, Flying Coach podcast with Peter Schrager and Sean McVay. Those discussions are awesome if you haven't gotten a chance to listen to them. But, you know, Arthur Smith was talking about, you know, yeah, he has some reporters call you. Hey, you know, you've got the highest, you know, neutral situation, first down run rate in the league. He's like, yeah, well, I got Derrick Henry. So, you know, yeah, he uh, shows that, you know, he's going to adapt to his personnel. So, you know, I think that Smith is a guy who's going to value play action, who's going to want to establish at least the appearance of the run game. Um, but I don't think he's going to run it the way he did with Derrick Henry, with Mike Davis and Cordero Patterson and Javion Hawkins. And when you've got Matt Ryan, a guy who, you know, Ryan Tannenhill's a great quarterback physically. He can really sling it down the field. I mean, he throws it some pretty out routes. I mean, probably gets more heat on the ball than Matt Ryan, but I'd say that Matt Ryan's the better processor. If you want him to sit back in, you know, take shots from uh, in shotgun and have the offense spread out and just process the field and make the right decisions. Matt Ryan's the guy I'm going with. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Arthur Smith's offense have more of those types of concepts this year, just to take advantage of his quarterback strengths. So, so yeah, that's everything for the Falcons. I've got them uh, ranked as a uh, third in the NFC South power rankings, you know, narrowly behind the new Orleans saints ahead of the Carolina Panthers. And then the Tampa Bay bucks prohibited favorites in that division, uh, coming back off their super bowl win. So we'll see how it shakes out for Atlanta. Um, 
For more content from me, I've got the uh, rest of my team preview list uh, building up. You can check me out. Uh, you know, check out the podcast on your favorite through your favorite provider. Check a, out the YouTube channel or uh, check out my personal website where I've got some written uh, analysis as well. You can also check me out as the professor over at Beer Life Sports. And yeah, thanks for li- listening, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it and have an awesome day.